Poise. What's going on, everybody? And good morning. Welcome to the Jersey to Vegas podcast. My name is Pete. I if it's your first, if it's your first time here, I'm just a human being that talks about mental health and life and pretty much just my experiences. So if you're in, come on, take a ride. This episode number 74, I already filmed eight minutes of this podcast, but I forgot to turn on the audio. So I got to do it over and now we are back here again. So first off, shout out to the Patreons. Patreon guys, everyone, thank you so much for supporting the channel. I know it's been a while since I've shouted you guys out or um, even done stuff for it. But you know, if you've listened to the podcast, I did my best to put out the content, put out the podcast. And I did week to week, except I um, just was not there mentally. I was not feeling it. I put it out. I just didn't have the energy, any more extra steps like setting up the camera and then setting up the audio and setting up the mic would have made me quit. It would have made me not do it. So the, the best option for me is just to put on the lapel mic, put on my phone and go live on YouTube, and then I could transfer it to Spotify. Anyway, thank you guys for understanding. Thank you guys for all your support. Thank you guys for all your help. If you guys are interested inside um, in supporting this channel and or podcast, please feel free to go to uh, patreon.com slash Jersey to Vegas and you can you know pick whatever option you want there. So moving forward, this episode number 74, last week I definitely said 74, but it was 73. This is actually 74. And I just got back from New Jersey. And what we're going to talk about is definitely talk about my brother. Maybe we're going to talk about why I went to New Jersey. I'm going to talk about something that I heard on the airplane um, or read on the airplane when I was coming back home, and it made me think a lot about life. And um, yeah, just kind of where this is going to take us is you're going to learn a lot of lessons about yourself, you know, in this and people nonetheless. So I did go back to New Jersey. Um, It was a 24-hour trip. I took a red eye. On Friday, I landed in New Jersey at 6 a.m. I got back into New Jersey, and my ride got lost. They, she went to Jersey City somehow. I'm not sure how that happened, but ended up in Jersey City. Then it rerouted back to um, to Newark, no Belleville, Newark. Jesus Christmas! See, look, I'm here too long. I'm already here so long, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. And then I hung out um, with my my mom and my brother for a little bit, and then went to the gym and started setting stuff up because my brother was receiving his black belt on that Saturday. Right? And if you guys don't know, uh, receiving a black belt in jiu-jitsu is a long time coming. Right? It's a very difficult task, but the main... I would say key point in receiving one is just keep going, right? And not quitting. And that's the that's definitely the message for for today. Uh, on top of other ones, is you're not gonna quit that. As long as you don't quit, you'll finally receive your black belt. Right? But it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of like dedication, right? It just sounds like a, a meme right now. Hard work, dedication, no sleep. That's not what we're saying, right? Sleep a lot, work hard, work soft, be dedicated, be consistent, take your time when you need to take your time, right? Just, you got to put some other words in there. You know, I was I was all big into that that era in like 2000, 
11, 12. Hard work, never sleep. I was like, I don't sleep because I'm bipolar. I thought I didn't sleep because I listened to a video. No, I didn't sleep because I have bipolar. So that's pretty much a little bit different than why I really really didn't sleep. So after, let me see, I'm going to reframe this. So Kurt Pellegrino, who is uh, my brother's first professional MMA fight, mixed martial arts, back in 2000, I can't remember. I want to say eight. I'm probably wrong. It could be five or four or three or seven. It's one of those. And they fought each other, right? Kurt moved on to become a heavy contender in the UFC lightweight division. And uh, from there on, Jay also fought many other UFC champs like Frankie Edgar, um, other guys like, what's that guy's name? Mm, Mike Easton, right? But the list goes on, goes on and on. Kurt made it into the UFC. Jay was still trying to understand and learn more. Jay was just a fighter. Jay was a tough kid. That's it. Right, How he learned was just a bunch of guys um, in a place called Bama in Elizabeth, New Jersey, Right, showed up, Jay wrestled, and just knew how to punch and take some punches and throw more punches. And that's all these guys did. They put gloves on, put mouthpieces in, maybe, maybe headgear, maybe. I'm not even sure if they did. And they just drilled, punched each other, sparred. Whatever it was. And that's the way the sport was then, right? There wasn't really a, a sanctioned thing. I guess it was sanctioned, but it wasn't really a structure, as structured as it is today, right? There you, obviously, when something starts versus 10 years, 20 years later, there's obviously some type of growth there, right? Just like strength training. It's ridiculous now. There's too much to fucking learn. It's too much to, to understand. But it's, it's true. It evolves. And like anything else evolves. So Jay was there. And he went down the shore, moved down the shore to train with Kurt, to learn from Kurt, because Kurt was very good um, in jiu-jitsu. He's a very good jiu-jitsu black belt. And Jay wanted to learn, because that was something Jay was lacking. He had the wrestling, he had the striking, he just always never had that jiu-jitsu part of everything. So he went down to learn, and when he, I tell you, when he learned, like, I didn't even understand how he, like, evolved so fast from belt to belt and he just he just he got it you know he understood it it made sense to him and so they bonded and made a really strong relationship those two now Kurt ended up coaching him in many of his fights he became his coach so fight after fight Kurt was now coaching Jay in the in the world of fighting and that's where that bond began and as Jay moved away Jay left there as a brown belt, I believe it was like eight years ago. And, you know, come things, come things, you you don't get to train there as much. So now he's not training with Kurt anymore because of the distance, right? And doing his own things up here. That time goes away. So how do you get your black belt when you're not training with the person that, you know, that's your coach usually? So time goes by and Jay's evolving as a person, right? He's moving as a human uh, opened up the school himself, teaching kids to be better, and, and then it brings us here till today. And it's a long, long journey. Right? It's a long journey. And that's what people don't understand about it. It's like you'll get your stuff, right? There's like I, I believe like there's a couple of key principles here, right? Show up, work, work hard, work smart and hard, right? Just be consistent in anything. Just keep going, right? Just don't quit. 
and be a good human being that shares knowledge and values. You're a black belt. You know, I feel like that's a, a recipe for life right there. Be someone that shares good values with other people, your friends, your family, your children. Right? Show up whenever someone needs you. Show up. Just be there. Show up. Your kids need you. Show up. Be consistent in whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, you're going to have bad days. You're going you're gonna to be tired. Yeah, take off. It's fine. But keep fucking moving like this podcast. I'm fucking beat sometimes. I don't do shit. Fucking just keep going. There's nothing that nothing gets out of this. I get nothing out of this except for talking to you. That's it. And maybe you get fucking one thing out of this. And that's the value that I'm trying to spread to you guys. Right? And just be a good human being. That's, that's life's fucking equation. Right? That's life's a fucking equation. And it'll bring, I'm going to jump right back right to the quote I read. Um, it said, everyone should think. It was definitely an Indian guy. Everybody should think about being dead. That, was that good? Because that's what it sounded like to me. In my head, I was like, fuck yeah. I think about being dead every day. I think about dying all the time. It's ridiculous. That's how much I think about dying. Like, I have things called just in case I die. It's in my Google Docs. So if I die, go to my Google Docs. It's just in case I die, then you can click it. When I travel, I send letters to people to not open it unless I die. <laughs> so if you're that person, be careful Because if I, the plane goes down, you got to open it And then it's going to tell you everything you need to do Just in case So that's how much I think about dying But what made me But this whole thing is making me think about Those are like the rules of life, right? Those are the rules of my rules of life For sure What would people do when you were gone? Right? And everyone says this, like, think about your funeral. Who's going to show up? Are they going to cry? But it's true. Like, did you make an impact? So instead of th that vision, did you make an impact in other people's lives? What did you do to impact someone else's life besides your own? I'm not saying you need fucking 3,000, 10,000, 25,000 followers on Instagram. You have to impact all of them as an influencer. No, motherfucker. How did you influence your child? How did you influence your brother? How did you influence your younger sister? How did you influence your parents? How did you do, how did you influence your friends, right? That created such an impact that they're going to miss you when you're gone. You know, when... Think about the things that when you die, or if you were going to die, what are you going to be concerned about? Is it your money? Is it going to be your house? Are you going to hang out in your house by yourself? If you're, if you're going to die? Eh. You're going to drive your car? It's fast and looks cool? Eh. Most likely you're going to spend time with the people you love and care for. I'm thinking so. If you have 24 hours, is that what you're going to do? I mean, some people were different. Some people might purge the shit out of themselves, you know, fucking get out there, kill people, and stab motherfuckers. But I don't know. To me, that's not what I think. I put money, most likely not. You know, you really got to think about, you really have to think about the impact that you're leaving into this world. And that's what I believe is the most important thing in life. Hands down hands down. So I'm sorry the camera 
fucking went off at some point in life. I don't know when, but I'm not doing this fucking thing over again because I was just going into it and, and really pushing into this this part of the, the podcast. I'm not changing it again. Fucking, and that camera's done. Guys, you'll never see that camera again. I love you. I love you, Canon 7D, but he's fucking old. It's time for him to go. It's time for him to just hang out in my closet for a while until my kids want a camera and they think they're cool and then they want to use it because it's going to be an older camera. I like, I like saving things like that. But anyway, thinking about death and dying, like I believe will give you some insight into what you think is important. Right now, if your choices are not the choices that I am, I'm not going to judge you. But for me, the choice is, if I was going to die in a couple hours, the most value that I'm going to do is my family. And I will spend as much time and spend as much money and give them everything that I can in that 24 hours. I believe that's the most important thing to me. And so what you need to do is question it. Like, if you were dead, not what would people say, right? but I guess so. But have you made an impact in on their life, in their lives? Have you done anything? This is what you're, like you said, followers, and that's, that's irrelevant. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant to impact. That number makes zero sense. I thought it did. I thought it did at a point. I thought it did. That's why I still do this with a couple people watching. Because I know somewhere this video or voice will create some impact in someone's life somewhere down the line. Because it's not going nowhere. It's on the internet. It's never leaving. It's forever. This is forever. You guys can watch this in year 3023, and it's still going to be the same podcast. And most likely, people then will be still talking about the same shit we're talking about now. Anyway, so let's get back to the story of, of why we're there. I was there for my brother, right? That's it. And there's people that texted me, messaged me, like, hey, what are you doing? Uh... I wish I had enough time to visit everybody, right? But the priority to me was to be there for my family, be there for my brother, and be there for that community. Now, if I had some extra time somewhere and I, I, I got a glimpse of light to talk, meet up real fast, I'm walking, meet me at the coffee shop, meet me here, we'll do this. Then I'm on a plane, you know, and then I'm gone. So it's not like I didn't want to. It's just that my priorities was my family. And if other people fit into that, well, then that was perfect. And then it worked out. But I'll be back. That's not it. But the thing with Jay is that he completely deserves this black belt and deserved the black belt. And the black belt is not a representation of jujitsu, right? That's why I believe that I was so emotional there and Crying, but happy, but excited, but sad, but confused, and had so many fucking emotions while I was sitting there trying to videotape and not making sniffles come out on the camera because I was holding it and it was shaking the entire time and definitely heard sniffles. But it represents him to his fullest. 
it was almost not a closure, but a closing to an era. Everyone knows Jay in per- different phases of Jay Isaac, right? You know, high school Jay. Maybe, maybe some of you guys motherfuckers know grammar school Jay, right? Number five is a live t-shirt. So cool. Some people know high school Jay. Some people know wrestler Jay. Then you know, I'm getting, I have a barbershop in my bedroom, Jay. And then I have, I work for a barbershop, Jay. And then you know, fighter Jay. Right, most of the he- people know Fighter J, but between Fighter J, there's Down to Shore J too. You don't know that guy because that's when J moved down to shore to become a better fighter. Right, so the people down to shore know Down to Shore J, and then people up here know J as Let's Go to Atlantic City, time for J to fight J. There's a lot of different J's. Then you have Michael J's, and then you have MJ Capital, stock market J, that funded. Barbershop J, and then there's the uh, Gumad J. Hey, Goomba, Goomba, not Gumad, that's a fucking woman. Gumad, I said it again. Goomba J. And then you had Michael J. Right? Then after Michael J, there was Lala J. And after Lala J, Wrestling Coach J. Wrestling Coach J is where everything turned. Wrestling Coach J is where I found him reach his heart. It's a point in his life where it used to be about money and reaching for, I don't want to say fame, but in fighting, he was reaching for a win. He was reaching to win. And he fucking gets so close, but he just didn't get it. And it would drive him to do more, and it would drive him to do more. And then when he took on the role of coaching, you saw this switch in him. And for me... I saw it with a kid named Whiskey River. I don't know his name, but that's the point in my mind where I realized Jay's going to enjoy coaching and taking care of kids and putting them under, under his wing. I don't know if that was the first kid, sure, but to me, in what I experienced, that was a kid that I saw his eyes light up when Jay talked to him. Or his mind opened up when Jay helped him, and then from there was another kid, and then another kid, and then another kid, and another kid. But you watched him give his heart, give his money, give his energy, and give his love to these kids. He helped them become better human beings. He impacted these kids' lives. And that's the main goal that we look for. So he was a brown belt for a long time. Right? He was a brown belt for a long time. In the transition of him becoming the best human being possible. And that black belt when it was tied around his waist, I didn't Watch the black belt. I watched the brown belt go on the ground. I watched the brown belt become a symbol of him throwing away all the shit that he had to deal with to get that black belt. Not in jiu-jitsu, but in life. When I watched that brown belt fall to the ground, 
I watched every image and thought of what people think Jay is and finally let go of that thing. Because a lot of you guys know Jay is crazy. And don't get me wrong, he's a crazy motherfucker. But a lot of you guys don't know or maybe can't accept what he's doing now. right? Because we're so far into living in the past and judging people from their past that we create that person in our head as real. That person is gone. That brown belt is now gone. He has a lot of skill and values he learned while underneath that belt. But now he can finally say, it's over. And now I can learn more and teach more and be more. Now, like I said, this is the way I interpret it. This is not what anyone has to understand or interpret. But for you as a lesson, as a listener... Think about the times that you fucked up. Think about the times that you were judged negatively. Think about the times you've done wrong. It doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. It's not who you are. We're not that person. You're not the person. You're not the same person ever. Ever. When you're walking through the street on Monday and you're doing great and you're feeling good and you're, you know, there, you're fucking on top of the world, you're great. And you twist your ankle. Now on Tuesday, you're a hot, miserable mess. There's no way possibly you're the same person. The only person you are is the one you hold inside your heart. Not what you do, not what you feel, not what you, not what people think you are. It's what you hold in your heart. You're, you'll be the same person that way. People do know him as, as crazy Jay. Right? People know him as tough Jay. People know him as I'm going to punch you straight in the mouth Jay. And all of those are true. <laughs> he will do all of that. Easily. That's not who he is. What he is, is what earned him the black belt. Loving. He loves those kids. He'll do anything for them. And you could ask anyone down the line from the past five, I don't even know how many years, how much effort he put into helping them. He put into making them better. Making them believe that there's more to life than just an image. Or there's more to life than just winning. Because it's not about the win. It's about the struggle. It's about the fucking struggle to win. Will you win? That is not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee. Will there be a struggle? That's a guarantee. Now how do you face that struggle? That's where you learn. That's where we learn. If we win, fucking great. Reward. Perfect. If you lose, more struggle. How do you act when you lose? Do you fold? Do we quit? 
It's easy. I Trust me, guys. I know it's easy to quit. That's why this podcast was made. I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit really bad. I wanted to quit this game called life. But something inside me, which I believe, as they will say, is the fighter in you, made me believe that I could fight more. That I could become something else. That I don't have to be that image in the past. That I don't have to be that person everyone thinks I am or calls me. I'm Coach I. Can't take that away. This is the hardest podcast I've ever, I've ever made. <laughs> this is hands down the hardest podcast I've ever made. Because it's easy to talk about things. Right? It's easy to talk about stuff. When, when this hits your heart, heart, it's difficult to talk about. I don't even know where I left off because I, I just kind of broke down for a little bit. And I think I left off with the word Coach I. And that's me. And people know me as Coach I, Coach Pete. And that's forever. Right? I'm Coach I. I'm a wrestling coach that beat the shit out of kids and made sure they worked hard, but also listened to them and was good cop versus bad cop. Right? And then there's Coach Pete, who was Crank Pete, who was crazy, funny, made working out great, made working out fun, or made working out terrible for you and you hated me and you quit because of it. But there's different variations of Coach Pete, Coach I. That you can experience. And that will always be in my heart. Does, does that mean that's who I am now? I could just be Pete. Or I could be Coach Pete. Because if I like live my life thinking that I, I do things the same way. Or I'm that same. Like I've never changed since 1999 to 2000. Whatever I stopped. 2010, 1996 to 2010 when I stopped coaching. If I used, if I acted the same way then and used those same methods now, yeah, I take a piece of what I've learned then. No, I would not do things that way anymore. It's different. So when I moved out here, I felt like I shed my skin. You know, I left my brown belt in New Jersey. I don't even have my brown belt. Not even, not even close. Not, not not even close. But I went through some shit. I learned a lot of lessons. But I stuck to my values. No, I stuck to them. And that brought me where I am today. Am I Vegas Pete now? Am I Jersey to Vegas? No, I'm fucking just here. Maybe doing something that I might have neglected. If I didn't. And I believe it's true. I shed my skin to create or have a new one. And leave the coaching and everything behind. Which was very hard. It's very hard to change an identity. Or to understand that maybe that's not your identity, not change it, right? That is not your identity. Your identity is what you are inside your heart. That's what I always say. And I believe that if I was not here, I would not be doing 
the things I do with my children now. I would every once in a while. I would be there for a birthday. I would be there to give them rides here and there, but I wouldn't be present, I believe. I'm not saying I'm a bad dad. But if I was still in New Jersey, I would be searching for a way to make businesses happen. And all that time would go by the wayside. And I would be doing exactly what my parents did to me and my brother. Not that it's wrong. It's just in our DNA. We like to work. We were taught to work. Work hard. Get a babysitter. And I truly believe I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that for my children. And in New Jersey, I would be the one working and then Nat would be the one staying home. But that's not fair. You know, that's not fair. Because she doesn't want to do that either. She wants to be herself as well. And for her working gives her a, a sense of gratitude, entitlement, um, not entitlement, accomplishment. I've accomplished a lot. You know, I've accomplished a lot already. What else more do I need to do besides be here with my kids and making sure they accomplish now? These are my wrestlers now. These kids are my cranksters now. I need to instill into them every value that I've learned in life. And slowly help them become good human beings. Because for me, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here for. People, you think you're going to be here forever. You're not. Think about it. People are afraid to make a will. You're afraid to make your will. You know that it's fucking ridiculous? It's ridiculous because you're going to fucking die. And then if you do, surprisingly, guess who's going to be in pain? Trying to deal with all the shit that whose money goes where and who gets the house and who does this. But you were so ignorant to do so. Now you put that struggle onto your family. Think about that. People are afraid to talk about it. And I don't understand that. It's inevitable. And like I said, for me, this medication is going to fucking kill me. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm trying to get off this shit. All right, life expectancy for people with bipolar is 67. I'm going to be 45. I got 20 more years. But I'm not putting a number on it. I'm going to be here fucking until I'm 100. But I'm just saying, statistically, I can be gone. And I want to spend the rest of my 20 years trying to fucking do things for me? So I could hold my head up high? So I could be accomplished? I'm done. I accomplished. I'm good. It's their time. But if I keep trying to do more, I know who's going to be neglected. It's them. Not that I'm not going to be there, guys. And I'm not judging you if you are. But this is my life. This is my existence. And this is my value. 
I can try to work more somewhere. I could do more. But it's going to fucking be a burden on the family. It doesn't make sense anyway because I don't fucking I don't make money. I make like $12 an hour and hopefully get tipped. If I get $12 an hour and then I spend $20 an hour plus on a babysitter, duh, that's stupid. Why would you even fucking do it? So you could work? It makes no sense. Some people get babysitters and it just cancels out your paycheck. I mean, if you have family, great. Thank God. That's cool. Good for you. I'm fucking jealous. I, I loved when my parents were there, you know? My parents, my dad was there every morning for us so I could teach crank. I was very lucky. I'm lucky my dad was crazy and loved to wake up. I think my dad was bipolar too, honestly. I fucking think so. He, I, I really do. I really believe he was. Because he'd have his, his moments too of depression and anxiety and building things and spending things and he's just really good at it so it kind of made sense he kind of qualifies you know to me but i was lucky to have them so i can help you right who fuck else is gonna wake up that early in the morning to teach so i could teach a five o'clock class well mom and dad's gonna wake up at four be at your door at four fifteen. he's always early too just fucking sit on the couch and wait till they wake up. And then he'd hang, up, hang out with them, feed them breakfast. And then I'd come after two classes. And then I'd take them to school. You know, then it was done. And then I would take Sage to the gym at 9 for 9 and 10. Unless he wanted to stay. But if he, he always usually didn't, that was no big deal. She was still a baby. And I would take her home and I'd watch her. And then I would leave once we switched. Once you pick up Nat, three, right? We get Nat back to... To uh, to Nutley, and then I go teach four thirty five thirty six thirty, and carries on that way. You make it work, right? Made it work. But I know for a fact that if I didn't move out here, I'd be trying to reach something else. I'd be trying to accomplish something else. And I do YouTube. And I do Instagram kind of now. I kind of stopped. I just put my personal life's fun stuff in there. It's just oversaturated and tired. But I just do it to send a message. You know, I do this shit to send a message. And that's it. You know, I do this shit to... Maybe one day a person needs it. Needs to hear it. Needs to click it. And even more so, my kids listen to it. And have something besides pictures of me, you know? Picture of me is cool. A video of me, that's real shit. <laughs> that's real shit. But like I said, the reason I went to New Jersey was to be there for my brother. You know, just like I want to show up for my kids, Jay's still my kid, technically. No matter what. I love him with all my heart. Just like any parent, you don't want to see them hurt or suffer. But at the same time, you want to see them proud. And hold their head up high for accomplishments. For things that they deserve. And he deserves it. He deserved that black belt more than anyone else understood. 
because the black belt wasn't the representation of jujitsu. The black belt was a representation of closing on life. Because the brown belt was such a long struggle of ups and downs and learning and lessons, not in half guard, not in butterfly, in fucking life. And people only know him in phases of his life, not the collective. And his brown belt collective was very difficult. But you know what? He's still here. I just just ruined the line. You know what? He's still here. He's still pushing. He's still learning. He's still teaching other people how to avoid mistakes. How to be better. How to show love. How to know value. How to know their value. Not like telling you you should do this. No, it's how do you know your own values? How do you create your own self? And that's what you can't learn in school. That's not what you're going to learn in places. That's not what you're going to learn from some of your parents. My parents want me to be a fucking doctor. You know, it's like they're going to show, shoot values into you. Is that really what you want? He's showing kids how to create value for themselves and understand themselves, their self-being. Who are they as a person? Who are they as a child becoming a person? And now, with that brown belt, shed off his skin, you can see a whole new one coming along the way. And I'm very excited for that. So with that said, congratulations, Jay Isip, on your black belt promotion, not in jiu-jitsu, but in life. And everyone there is super proud of you, super excited for you, and can't wait to see what is to come of you. And I'm super proud of you as well. Guys, thank you so much for coming out to this Jersey to Vegas podcast. My fucking emotions are everywhere, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys. Patreon, I love you, and um, I'll see you guys next week. Peace out, everybody.